I'm Hope Howard, and I'm your host of Pitchin', a podcast from Missouri Business Alert. For this project, we followed three student entrepreneurs over three months as they prepared to pitch their businesses in a competition with $30,000 on the line. We got to know three entrepreneurs, Libby Martin of Calving Technologies. She invented a smart collar for cows to help save the lives of newborn calves. Drew Patel of Identifying.me, who invented an identity verification app. And Brian Huck of Lockade, a location-based law searching app. As the teams prepared for the pitch, we learned about how they came up with the ideas for their businesses. From pastures to plane rides, the aha moment looked a bit different for each entrepreneur. We then learned about the teams, both big and small, that made the businesses work. And in the last episode, we learned about the downsides of starting your own business. All this prep has been for the University of Missouri's Entrepreneur Quest Student Accelerator Program, which culminates in the final pitch competition. The startups have been preparing for months, and in the weeks leading up to the competition, it has only gotten more heated. Our producer, Michelle Stoddard, sat down with me to explain a little bit more about the pitch competition. Can you tell me a little bit more about the day of the competition and what it will actually look like? Yeah, so each entrepreneur or team will get about 10 minutes to go through their pitch deck, which is basically just a glorified PowerPoint of what their business is and why it's viable. The judges will then have a chance to ask a few questions, and after all the entrepreneurs have pitched, the judges will go, deliberate, and choose the top three startups. Okay, so nerve-wracking to say the least. No wonder the entrepreneurs prep so much. What are, what are the teams trying to achieve with their pitch? Well, each team is different, but generally they want to prove that their business has real potential, that they themselves as the entrepreneur are committed, and that the business has concrete goals they want to achieve with the winning funds. What's at stake here? Well, the three winning businesses get a piece of $30,000, and the top prize is $15,000. So the three final teams will then move on to the next round, where they have a shot at up to another $15,000. So theoretically, the winning business could get $30,000. And that money could mean the creation of a prototype, or enough to get an app developed, or anything else that the company might need. So all that's to say is that a lot is on the line. Okay, well, let's take a closer look at how the teams prepared and how the pitches themselves went. Some of these startups have been in the works for years, and all of them have spent countless hours over the past couple of months just to prepare for this 10-minute presentation. For Libby of Calving Technologies, something that made her pitch stronger was a new partnership. In the last few months leading up to the pitch, she partnered with Scholar, a company that makes smart callers. She thought that having a partner would improve her pitch, After her meetings, she signed an agreement to work with the company, and I got the chance to talk on the phone with her right after the meeting. I really, I'm feeling pretty good about my pitch. Now I just need to go in and change up my slides with with the updates of progress, Um, and I plan on having uh, basically a a board, a center board in my hands when I'm pitching. So I really feel like I'm finally like bringing on people to execute the plan. Um, without Scholar, it would be really, really hard and a, a much longer process in terms of creating everything from scratch. Libby thinks that having the backing of an established company and having access to Scholar's resources might be the thing that sets her apart. It, it, you're really making a lot of movement. And it's so interesting. It's like right before this pitch. Like, yeah. it's like, couldn't it be better timing for you, I feel like? I feel, I'm feeling excited for the pitch. I feel like I can really bring a good platform to people who see that I'm like very serious about this. I'm trying to work on it. 
While Libby was working on getting all the missing pieces together for her pitch, so were the other teams. Ryan Huck and the team of Lockheed met with their mentor for advice, and it resulted in some major changes to their pitch. And after some feedback, they decided to focus their law searching app on one specific market, truckers. It definitely helped to get feedback on narrowing down our customer segment to make it more digestible for the judges. Um, yeah, because it is like what we're working on is a really huge business idea. Um, and so to narrow it down to one area definitely helped the judges understand that it's possible and that it's something that can be used in one use case. And why truckers? Well, truckers cross state, city, and county lines on a daily basis. So it can be difficult for them to know about the laws in each jurisdiction. Brian thought the narrow focus would make his whole pitch much more clear and marketable, especially for the judges. Brian wasn't the only one making last-minute changes to his pitch. Drew Patel of Identifying.me also made changes. However, Drew wasn't focused on changes to his actual product. It was more on his presentation. Drew is confident in his business plan, but like a lot of entrepreneurs, explaining the complicated technical details of his product can be the hardest part of pitching his business. He researched the judges, and he tried to find ways to tailor his presentation to each of them. So what I do is I do an analysis of judges the night before, before I pitch. So I went in there and I looked through all the judges, who they are, what their backgrounds are, what they like, what they don't like on all of them. It's like one guy, the CEO of some pipe company in St. Louis, he, he would have no like relation to, or understanding to what I would be doing. He tried to find ways to make identifying.me marketable to the sectors the judges worked in, or at least in some way relatable. The pitch is different for Drew. He's usually pitching to audiences that have a better understanding of his technology. For like hackathons, I've presented in front of a bigger audience that knows my tech better, like almost as good as I, uh, as I do because they built it. We're pitching in front of CEOs. I've used like pitching in front of real CEOs and all that stuff in the tech industry. Um, audiences of 500 to upwards 1,000. Um, and I've done that many times, so I wasn't too worried. Even though Drew wasn't worried, it was still a high-stress time for all the entrepreneurs. Michelle and I talked a little bit more about what that looked like. Can you tell me a little bit more about the day of the pitch competition itself? Yeah, so the pitches started in the morning, and they were in an auditorium on MU's campus, which held more than 100 people. The entrepreneurs got up there with a mic and with their pitch deck, and they pitched to the audience with some special attention to the judges in the front row. And anyone can watch the pitches? Yeah, so there were a lot of other students, family members, and notably all the other entrepreneurs could watch each other pitch. Okay, so they could see who they were basically up against. Yeah. That's a lot of pressure. How do you think it went? Well, because of the months of preparation and the mentorship, most of the pitches were really good. You could tell that all the entrepreneurs were passionate and excited at the chance to pitch their business. So let's hear what happened at Pitch Day. Pitch Day. Pitch Day. <laughs> It is our mission to provide producers with affordable and durable technology that will decrease calf mortality rates and increase producer profits. Um, current management practices actually include going out to your farm two, three times a day. I grew up doing this. My family still does it. It's very ineffective, energy um, costly as well. A lot of farmers have the paper towel. So in their farm truck, they have like an old notebook or paper towel. They'll jot down these mental notes about the status of their cows. Who knows if you can find it the next day? So we want to eliminate that process out. Um, use of funds, we want to continue the development of our algorithm and make sure everything's 
up to par with that, as well as chasing that patent, which will um, cost some money as well as, as, well as legal counsel. Um, that's something we really prioritize. And with that, we are asking for $30,000 to further our product development, and I am happy to answer any questions you might have. Uh, I'm Drew, freshman uh, computer science, and this is identifying.me. So the problem we're going after is that user sign-up for financial apps like Coinbase, like Charles Schwab, is hard for all parties involved. Identifying me solves that. So what do we do? An automated identity verification for onboarding uh, via existing services. So think of it as that sign-in with Google button you see on many websites or for financial services we assign you basically a digital passport that you can use at all of these different services. In terms of funds usage, we need 100K for launch, 30K potentially from this competition will help reduce the amount of equity we have to give up in our friends, families, and angel rounds. So we're bringing identity into the 21st century. Will you join us? My name is Brian Huck. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, and this is my company, Lockade. Lockate is a tool that helps people find laws, rules, and regulations based off of their specific location. Through lots of customer research and surveying and interviewing and market research, we found truckers to be a great viable option to um, utilize this technology. Laws should not have to compete on search engines for a user's attention. They're one of the most important things out there. So with that, I'd like to leave you with the thought that at Lockate, we believe life is a game, and we all deserve to know the rules. Thank you very much. After all the pitches, the judges leave the room to deliberate. So we're going to go off to a side room to finish tallying the scores, and when we come back, we're going to announce our top one, two, and three. While they tally up the scores and decide who gets the $15,000 and moves on to the next round, all the entrepreneurs can do is hope for the best. We'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm used to this because, I mean, a hackathon is the same thing. Judges go into a room, tons of money, and you're just like, eh, you know what happens, happens, I guess. I know if I don't get the money here, I can get it somewhere else. It feels good. I love talking about it, and I hope people can see, like, the reason we do what we do. I feel good. Um, yeah, some of the other pitches are really good. Um, and so, yeah, I'm... I'm eager to hear them, but no matter what, I'm very happy to have done all of this um, because I felt like I grew a lot from the process, um, but it'd be very nice to have some money, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. To find out who won the prize and took home the $15,000, listen to the next episode of Pitchin'. From producers Michelle Stoddard and Madeline McKernan, I'm Hope Howard. Thank you to our supervising editor, Michael Stacy. We'll see you in the next episode of Pitchin'.